What's up, macaroni and cheese? Nice. Hey everyone, welcome to Fields of Work with your two favorite brothers, uh, Sam and Max. I'm uh, I'm Sam, the handsome older one, uh, and I'm joined by my um, younger gremlin brother, Max. Gremlin, but wise. I actually shouldn't say that because people say we kind of look alike. So yeah, exactly. You don't want to talk too much trash about me. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about always feeling like people say that we look alike? You always ask me the other direction, you know, what it's like to look like you. I think you're you a handsome being? dude. I feel good uh, about thank that. thank you. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Me too. Yeah. You know what? I want to change my tune if people start asking me that question. I'll start saying nice things back. <laughs> I'll start saying I feel the same way. Yeah, okay. Like, I look like my handsomest brother. That's right. <clears throat> um, Max, what's going on? As much. I mean, can we? do you have? Do you want to talk about an actual check-in question, or can we yeah, just talk we about how much of a grown-up day that I've had so far? Had a real grown-up right, day. Let's check-in question. <laughs> how grown-up is your day? My um, day. You can start. Good, thank you. I feel like I really shoehorned that in there. Yeah. Um, well, today. Did you just, use a shoehorn? Because that would be a very <laughs> grown-up day. <laughs> that would be very. That would be very grown-up. Um, no, this morning we. It's just been. It was a morning of of errands, and it just. Uh, First, to start off with dropping our essentially our child off at daycare. Uh, we took him to get Your groomed. Fluffy child. Fluffy child. You have to daycare. clarify for people who don't re- realize you don't actually have a child. You can't just say <laughs> you dropped your child off at, at daycare and he and had him groomed. Yeah, that seems <laughs> that's, that's true. It's a bit alarming. Uh, it's a dog. Uh, mozzarella was dropped off at daycare to get to get groomed. He's still there right now, getting getting fluffed up in his summer his summer look. Um, is he gonna? Is then, it gonna be a drastic look? Uh, here's the thing. We try and give them direction. Like Kira provided pictures. Like we don't want him to look like this, which is to say like when they buzz him and like, like short, he is like an absolute poof ball. It's really cute. But then his hair grows back all crazy and he looks really, really bad like three weeks from now. So we tried to avoid that. Yeah, exactly. He gets that weird, like three week window where like things have gone awry and he's got colics and he just looks like disheveled all the time. So we tried to tell them to like, not do that level and tried to provide some pictures, but we have no idea what kind of dog we're going to get back. That's mm-hmm. the thing is you drop him off. You have aspirations. Yeah. The dog can't speak up for himself. He has no mm-hmm. idea what he looks like. Even like, you know, even when I'm in a barbershop, I'm like, does this look good? And I'm always, it's great. Yeah, you're not going to speak up for yourself either. You're <laughs> not a speak human up for man who can speak English. You're not going to no. say a damn word. Yeah, exactly. So Mozzie's going to come back looking like whatever he looks like. And uh, we'll have to like ch- check in next time to see if it was like good if it was a good grooming or not. Um, I mean, regardless, it'll be how he looks for the next couple months. But yep. uh, so we dropped him right, off. So you dropped your dog off. Yep. This so is early. This is early for us. adult day. I yeah. Hope it I mean, it's a, a little bit. I mean, it's not going to be, it's nothing crazy. Um, but we have decided that we are ready to become, uh, in our case, Sam's Club people. Um, we somehow, Kira had signed up to buy some tickets to like a Broadway show way back in Nashville. And for like 10 bucks, you could add on a year subscription to Sam's Club. Not sure where the collaboration came from between these two products, but they were like, <laughs> you're already in here buying these Broadway tickets. You obviously would also like a Sam's Club uh, subscription. So we signed up for it and became members of Sam's Club. It had never gone. That was like six months ago, maybe longer. Um, and so we decided to finally activate it and be Sam's Club people. And we're like, all right, it's really close to where we dropped Mozzie people off. who so don't we know what Sam's Club is, I don't know if that's – it's not as well known as Costco, right? I feel like they're it's a, fairly it's interchangeable. Costco. Yeah. It's Costco. It's Walmart Costco. Um, it's, it's owned by the same. I mean, it's it's still very nice inside, but it's owned by the same people as Walmart. But 
we were like, oh, this is great. This is right next to where we dropped the dog off. So we go there. We roll up and we're like, oh, it's really empty. Well, we showed up before it opened. So we were basically like, there were like people standing at the door. Like it was like 945 and opened at 10. So we were like, we beat Sam's Club to open. Um, we just waiting in our car full wow. of anticipation. You know, walked out there. It felt ridiculous as we were preparing for our first, like, it seemed like we were so excited. Like it was an amusement park. Like think, we had yeah, never like gone. Park. You'd never been to before. Get there early, <laughs> like, get in line. <laughs> Like we had never, you know, we had never chosen to go to a Sam's Club with our own membership. We'd always gone with other people. And so I guess this is a big moment. Got their door open. You know, no one treated us to anything special. But we did uh, spend, you know, an hour buying things at Sam's Club. Half what, those what things, you know. What sorts of things did you get? Well, we're trying to like, we're trying to get into the, the we've been meal prepping for both of us. But mm-hmm. with just, uh, I don't know, how busy the farm and everything gets and whatnot, food falls to the wayside a lot. So we're trying to do bigger meal preps on Sunday. And we discovered that, like, in reality, the cheapest way for us to do that for, like, certain things, as you know, we're trying to be healthy people with, you know, organic farming and all, is to, like, buy in bulk of, like, chicken breasts and ground turkey oh, and yeah. fruit and stuff like that. So, uh, rice, you know, we looked at all the rice options, and it was so daunting to the thought of taking home a 50-pound bag of rice. We didn't know what to do <laughs> with that. Good for, like, three years. <laughs> it's like, it would have, so we settled for, like, a 12-pound bag of rice, which still feels like it's going to feed us for a long time. Um, and of course, you know, it's Sam's Club. So I'm sure there were some miscellaneous things in there. Like, did you know that Doritos is making bags where they combine dill pickle and cool ranch flavored chips and the bag together? Uh, didn't know they made dill pickled hmm. Doritos. Um, yeah, so that was one of our, that was a, that was an impulse buy. Uh, <laughs> we, so we stocked up on all of our, our, our things that we were going to use a lot of for meal prepping. And then we had Kira had already placed an order at Kroger for all the other less like in bulk items to be picked up. And then to commit to more of our meal prepping stuff, we went to IKEA and bought uh, a ton of like Tupperware and things for meal prepping. And while there, decided to buy a tiny outdoor dining set that we can sit on our little porch because we haven't been able to use our porch at all because it's like three feet deep and it's like your deck, but not as wide in a long. Yeah. Yours is yeah. very narrow. Um, ours is slightly more usable. And so we, we bought a, a little outdoor seating area for that. So now we can have our little coffees in the morning outside. Um, nice. cause it's finally nice enough here. So, and that was, and then I rushed home to, to record this podcast, but right. you know, it felt like we were, as we were bouncing around from Sam's club for the first time and then going to Ikea yeah. to buy these things for our home. We were very we were being domestic, very, being grownups, very domestic, very grown up, um, and then no, nothing too exciting in terms of being a grown up later, but then going to play hockey with some of our brothers tonight. Um, so I'm also playing hockey and I'm supposed to pick up my tennis rackets from that are being restrung. So, wow. Uh, I know I did, I did a lot. Uh, I didn't run seven miles, but you know, yeah. Yeah. All I've done, I went, I went went for a run and then I've just been basically reading a book all day, which I guess finished right before we started uh, recording. It's called significant zero. It was like a memoir of a video game writer um, kind of like talking about his time in the industry and because I'm giving that talk at that video game conference oh, this yeah. weekend, I've been trying to read up on more video game stuff. So I read that and then there's this um, journalist named Jason Schreier who has written a couple of books on video games. I read Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, his first, I think it's his first book, like years ago and thought it was really good. And then he has a newer one out that I just finished a couple of days ago, so. You want to use this as a nice natural transition to talk about uh <laughs> I didn't. Heading, well, I, I didn't check in. Oh, sorry. I thought that was your day. 
been reading? I mean, I guess I guess that it was my check-in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Did you do other grown-up things at all? Um, How grown-up have you been today? Other than running. I mean, yesterday I was quite grown-up. I went to a dinner at a fancy uh, Washington D.C. like social club uh, for wow. Emily's cousin who was graduating from Georgetown Law School. Yeah, that sounds pretty. That sounds pretty grown-up. It was. It was. Have you ever seen the John Wick movies? Um, no, I don't think I have. Is there like a famous, there's like a hotel, (laughs) there's a hotel called the Continental, which is where all these assassins, if you're all the assassins like congregate there and they're not allowed to like do like conduct business when they're on site of the Continental. And it's like this very old timey fancy hotel. And I kind of felt like that's where we were (laughs) at one point. I was trying to find the floor. We were on the third floor. I was trying to find the staircase. Uh, finally found it. I'm like walking through these halls and, I walk past a room and I look over to my right as I'm walking past it and it's this like very ornate room with a with a pool table in the middle of the room and a guy in there all by himself playing pool. And like I think I made kind of eye contact with him but I felt like I wasn't supposed to and I just kind of like scurried yeah. by as quickly as possible. <laughs> and then we had a very <laughs> nice dinner. One of those spies maybe just killing time. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> may, I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. Uh I haven't done anything else today i ordered oh, i got some pot bellies delivered for lunch because after you go for a seven mile run i guess i guess well not you but after one goes for seven mile run you just throw away all idea of eating healthy you have yourself a big italian sub and some chips and a sugar cookie um and you then you feel kind of bad um and now you drink a beer while you record a podcast with your brother all right now we're that's just in. how you do it boom now we're checked in I, well now i've lost my transition of what i was attempting oh, to yeah. do earlier like a professional podcaster instead mm-hmm. we've hit a wall and now we got to decide if you want to talk about farming or uh in reality you've had a much more interesting three weeks than i have probably four weeks let's maybe um, we we'll change up the order this week i'll go first and then you'll you'll take us home yeah i'll that's, it sounds like a great idea okay. so take us back <laughs> Uh, I can't remember when it was. Last time we recorded, we were squeezing one in. It was kind of goofy. It was a little weird. I feel like we were a little bit slap happy on the last one we recorded. I can't remember if it was late at night or what made it so. Yeah, see? Um, I have no idea what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Hopefully, we repeat nothing. Um, I think we talked about some farming stuff mostly. Okay. Uh, and that you were preparing to go on a trip and you had a retreat where you were at a nice fancy farm. Yes. So I'd already done a retreat, right? Yep. We talked about the retreat. Right. So you had not. So we really did just barely trip. fit that in uh, because it was a pretty quick turnaround from coming home from that retreat and then going to New Zealand. We talked about the fact. I think we talked on the day you came back from your retreat, maybe, and the day before you left to go to your triathlon. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, then I had a triathlon there, in there too. Which we haven't talked about that either. So you can talk oh, about that all right. online if you want. What haven't you done? Let's. I guess we can talk about triathlon first. So this uh, was in. um, What is that place called? Where 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 was my triathlon? Alexandria. Emily, where was my triathlon? (laughs) Oh yeah, I couldn't remember it. Bumpus. Bumpus. How could you forget? (laughs) I don't know. You forgot Bumpus? Yeah, I know. Oh my god. Which was. The same race. I did the same race last year. It was my the one last year. It was my first ever triathlon where I messed up the bike ride and I did the Olympic mm-hmm. distance bike ride, but the sprint, everything else. This year, I did, I did the Olympic everything. Um, so the swim is in a lake. It was, it was, it was. It's wasn't a great swim. Uh, like a th- basically, if you kind of take my my swim into thirds, 
The first third was horrible. Well, actually, no. The first third, yeah, the first third was horrible. I thought I wasn't. I thought I was going to quit. The second third was horrible, and I. But I realized I wasn't going to quit, and I was just going to be very slow. And then the last third, I felt like Michael Phelps. Um, really? Yeah. So can you talk us through what caused what caused it to go so bad? Like, what makes a swim bad? Like, you're just having a bad day. Is it choppy? It's not a curve. It wasn't. Really it, was, it, it did end up actually. The wind picked up a little bit, so it was a little bit choppy, which I need like perfect conditions to feel even moderately okay. So it was yeah. a little bit choppy, and then it's it's such a psychological thing. Like you start, for, at least for me, if I start, if I have like I miss a breath or like I just feel like I'm, I don't know something. I I get in my head like I still have like forty minutes of this. Like there's mm-hmm. no way. There's no way I can do this for 40 more minutes. Look how far away that buoy is. And then I then you like really get in your own head and you're like not getting into any sort of rhythm and you're like this is like I can barely breathe and I got to do this for 40 more minutes. Are you kidding me? Um so at one point I did hang off of a kayak and like collected myself and then I realized, you know what? I'm in a wetsuit. It's like almost literally impossible for me to drown. Uh, like if I just fl- lay here and don't move at all, I'll just float uh for the most part. So then I started working in some breaststroke, which is slow as shit, but at least I was moving forward. Um, And then I made the first turn. So the way it basically works is like you're actually kind of doing um, like an upside down U. Like you're actually you're you're kind of just like swimming around a peninsula, essentially. So the first you see like you can picture kind of going out one long leg and then turning right for kind of a shorter leg and then turning right again to come back in to the – like the area. Yeah. So that first, once I hit the first turn buoy, I was like, okay, I'm actually okay. Now I'll be, I'll be all right. I think it's still going slow and I might be the last one out of the water, but at least I'm going. Okay. And then I made the second turn and I was like on the, the last like straightaway in back to get out of the, out of the water. And I like found my rhythm. My breathing was fine. Like I felt good and it was so weird. And I wish I could feel that way all the time, which is weird because my last race before this one was not a wetsuit uh, race. It was at a place. Remember last year there, I had a swim where I bailed um, completely. It was at that same location. Yeah. Um, but that second time last year, the one I did in the, in the fall, I did that swim like perfectly fine. Like, I didn't stop. I wasn't wearing a wetsuit, which is harder for me. And like I just crushed it. And then, you know, I've had a whole winter of additional training. I'm wearing a wetsuit for this race, and I just, like, freak out for the first third. Whatever. Finished the swim. Got out. Um, and then the bike was, your, was fine. Was your time noticeably better in that final third? Like, were you actually moving a lot faster? I didn't actually too? look. I didn't or look did it just feel better? <laughs> it. Yeah, I, gotta, I should check. Um, it might. I mean, I think it was noticeably faster. I mean, it had to have been. I wasn't stopping at all. Stopping and breaststroking. Yeah. I was just swimming like a normal person. <laughs> um, bike ride was fine. I, I always feel good on the bike for the most part. Um, I mean, I'm it's not space. good at any of the sports, but like, I feel like I'm <laughs> probably most capable on the bike. And plus, there's like that element. If you're like really dying on the bike, like you can just like you know coast, and there yeah. are hills and stuff. Um, the interesting thing about the bike, so it's two loops, as I learned last year, um, but yep. two deliberate loops, which is better when you have the proper amount of hydration and everything that you need for that. But it rained really hard for parts of that. Um, so my, my time actually ended up being slower than last year, 
which is not completely unexpected because last year I had the adrenaline of like, holy shit, I can't believe I have to do another lap. Emily's going to be yeah. freaking out. I got to do this as fast as possible. I don't have enough water. Like I'm going to just go, yeah. I'm going to drop the hammer on the second lap. I didn't have yeah. that this time around. Plus I had some points where it was just raining so hard. You just like couldn't go as fast, but the bike felt um, fine. Does, uh, how, how does chaffage occur when raining happens? I feel like rain's not great for bike. Yeah, there was I, no chafing, probably because the bike's really not that long enough to really chafe. And like, I mean, I had lubed up my nips pretty good. That was more of a preparation for the run than anything else. That was more get personal. That <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I had put on like chamois cream and stuff. So like I was prepped for it, basically. Yeah. Um, you were a slimy but, boy. You were, <laughs> yeah, I was all slimed up. I was all slimed up. Um, but it's also not like it's like an hour and a half bike ride, so it's really not that bad. What's the distance on that? What's for the bike for the twenty five ish, like a little over twenty five. And then um, run uh, run wasn't great. Like almost immediately, my left shin and calf just like seized up. And it hurt the entire six miles. So I definitely, like, I walked the aid stations to like make sure I got enough water and everything. And there were a couple of there were a couple of hills where like I definitely kind of walked my way up the hill. I think mm-hmm. mine ended up like eleven minute mile average, which you know after a long swim and after a long bike is not horrible for a for a ten k for me personally. But I, yeah. I do want to have one of these races where I get off the bike and I feel like I actually run competently, which I've never had on any of these races I've ever done. So we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, and that was um, every. That was my triathlon. Every, I mean, this is probably dumb, but every triathlon is the same order, right? You always swim, bike, run. Yeah. Boy, could you imagine if they they flipped that that at all? And you I mean, I think they put some swim. thought they put some thought into <laughs> into that. They uh, they Death, don't want people the, drowning. The drowning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it would just feel good to end on a bike. Maybe if you could swim, but then you'd be all wet and for the ride. If you could if you could swim, run, bike, I feel like you could really feel like there's this, you know, I feel like you feel good yeah. to bike your way in. Yeah, I think I think also yeah, my run would I think would be much better if I hadn't just spent an hour and a half on a bike. Although yeah. I'm learning in my training, like every Saturday I have a long ride followed by what they call a brick run, which is basically get off your bike and then as quickly as you reasonably can, like get your shoes on and get out and go for a run. And mm-hmm. I always um, run better for like those quick runs. Like I always run like much faster. I think. I am I am really starting to understand and learn. That was the other problem I think with the race is like I didn't give myself enough time to warm up. I I am the type of person who like no matter what, the first 20 minutes of whatever I'm doing, maybe even the first 30 minutes just feels horrible. And yeah. as long as I can get through that, I would generally kind of click in and I feel pretty good for the remainder of whatever I'm doing. Um, but it's easy when you're swimming in a race and you feel horrible from the very beginning to think the horribleness is how you're going to feel for the entire thing. And I need to keep reminding myself that no matter what, it's going to feel horrible for the first 20 minutes. So ideally I warm up much harder so that I get that out of my system earlier. I didn't, I just didn't leave myself enough time. I luckily I did get into the water before the race started just to acclimate to the temperature. And I'm really mm-hmm. glad I did because it did kind of take my breath away at first. So if I had, if, if getting into the water for the very first time was at the very beginning of the swim, it would have gone even, even worse. Yeah. Is that true? 
was that true when you played other sports? When you played hockey, did you feel like if you didn't have a long warm up, you were in any type of? I never felt no. like that. I think this might yeah. be an old guy thing. Or hockey is just different enough where like it's not like you're going hard for like twenty minutes yeah. at a time, something like that. Yeah, you might have a crappy first shift, but that's forty five seconds yeah. versus uh, you're you're constantly moving for twenty, you know, for, for the whole time. But yeah, yeah, gotcha. Well, nice. Feels good to have it under your belt. When's the next one? So I have – next race is at end of July. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do that training camp again in Maryland, uh, which will be cool. Same location as last year, which is a lot of fun. Get more open water swim experience, which I definitely always need. Um, so then I came – we came back. The race was on Saturday. We came home Saturday afternoon. Sunday evening, I then left for New Zealand, flew from – Washington Dallas to Houston, Texas. It had like a two hour layover, and then from Houston to Auckland was the the long leg there. So flew Air New Zealand on the way there. Um, I had bid for an upgrade to premium economy, which was successful. Which I definitely overbid because this plane had like no people on it, and there was I was sitting. It was like three four three. Um, yeah. I believe was the layout of the plane and I was in the middle section, but on the, one of the aisles and there yeah. was nobody in the three seats next to me, Wow, which sounds cool as hell, right? Like I'm going to lay, I'm going to lay horizontal and get a good sleep yeah. in the stupid economy. Plus the armrests are like built Fixed. in. I couldn't raise yeah. them up at all. So all I got was just like a place to put my stuff next to me. Yeah. And I mean, you have more, more leg room and I think a little bit better food in economy plus, but I think I bid $500 and there was hardly anybody there. I could have probably been a lot less and, and had it actually work out. Um, going there was nice because we took off from Houston at like 10 p.m. So I went to sleep almost immediately after they fed us. Oh, yeah. I also didn't really understand what the meal situation was going to be on the plane. So when I landed in Houston, it, it was like it was like a little bit past dinner time. So like, all right, I got to get some food because I'm about to be on this long ass flight. I'm assuming they're not going to feed us right away because it's like 10 p.m. Why would they feed dinner? Yeah. So within like an hour of getting up into the air, they're fe- feeding us like a full dinner. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just ate like an entire pizza. Uh, Did you eat so- the full dinner they gave you? Max, what do you think? <laughs> Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> of Obviously, course it is. you paid for that food. Um, I absolutely paid for that food. <laughs> you overbid for that food. <laughs> yeah. Did you? So I, what was, it was. What's the plain food? Yeah. What was your plain food? I don't you remember. remember. I don't remember what it was. I remember being moderately impressed. Like it was yeah. pretty good. What's the uh, What's the airplane chicken or fish? Was it? <laughs> were you given that yeah, option? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It was, I think it was chicken or like a pasta or something. Maybe I'm mixing it up with the return flight. But, um, so I fell asleep. So as soon as that, as soon as I ate the dinner, I fell asleep. Two dinners inside of you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Two dinners. My body was like, please stop feeding us. Let me go to sleep. I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I didn't mean I didn't sleep great because it's, you know, a plane, but they do give you like little um, slippers and a little blanket. And because I was an economy plus, my seat went back a little bit further than normal. So it wasn't horrible. And when I woke up for good, I checked. There's only like six hours left in the flight, which is that's pretty doable. Like that means I slept like seven, eight hours. uh, And and so when I woke up. Just kind of did some work. Actually, no, I didn't do any work. I watched some uh, movies and just kind of dicked around. <laughs> Landed in Auckland. I don't remember. It was in, it was in the morning in, in Auckland. So basically going there, 
I didn't have, we landed Tuesday morning. So my Monday was just on the plane. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Alistair was on a different flight. He landed within like an hour of, of me. And then we started our Auckland adventure, which one second. That's in my throat. Yeah, I think you're up for the um, story. We decided early on, like we made a working agreement that because we paid a shit ton of money to go and it took a long time for us to get there, we were going to basically the, the, the working agreement was um, like making the, the trip worth it, even over like work life balance. So we <clears throat> agreed like we were going to do like so much work. And yeah. we would default to not giving into our introvert tendencies and go and just like not do things. So we really mm-hmm. leaned into spending a ton of time at the client's office doing like everything we could do to make the project successful, uh, which was a good call, but means we didn't really do much of anything other than did, did the client stuff. like that's a lot on their end too, right? To be accommodating for you, like in terms of like giving you their time because they know they only have you two for 10 days or something to kind of, yeah, I mean, this they work. definitely wanted to get as much as we could like in person while we were, while we were there. Um, and we've been working with all these folks for a long time, but it's different to like be in a room together. So there were some yeah. stuff that we could, we could do while we were there. Um, but you know, a couple of the, so one thing, one, the one kind of, um, touristy thing we did was the first weekend we were there, we took a ferry to, um, a place called Rangitoto, which is a volcanic Island. And, <laughs> You know, like kind of geologic time frames, like millions of years, right? Yeah. This volcano, this island appeared 600 years ago. That's, that's crazy. That's nothing. Yeah. There were people who like, they have yeah. records of people being like, this volcanic eruption is wild and now there's an island here. Yeah. Uh, 1400s, you're saying that something, if people were, yeah. you know, around that area when it erupted. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, exactly. The, the native Maori there, like they have records of that happening. Uh, so you can take a 30 minute ferry from Auckland and it'll, they'll drop you off there. And there's a bunch of different trails you can do like long ones around the edge of the Island. And then they have a very direct one from the terminal. And there's like nothing on this Island. There are a few structures, but there's not like shops or anything. It's just like a nature preserve. You can walk from there to the summit of Rangitoto in like a little over an hour. It's like three miles or something. It's totally easy to do. So you can go walk to the top and back in like two, two hours, which was exactly kind of yeah. what we were looking for from like an outside adventure, a half a day, a little bit of time on a boat, go home afterward. And that was the last day it didn't rain while we were there. The second week, it rained really? literally nonstop every day. Not literally. There were some patches of non-rain, but it was basically just rain for a whole week. Did you pick up on whether wild? That was normal or not? I think it was not particularly normal. And they've struggled okay. with flooding earlier in the year, so people were a little bit That's on edge thought. with like how much rain was was coming. But it was it was like a tropical rainstorm basically for a week, um, and it was weird because it was quite warm, but also they're like heading into fall right now because they're opposite yeah. of of us. It was. Uh, I mean, I like rain, and it made it easy for us to stay focused on work. Like there was nothing else yeah. to do necessarily. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, main, oh, and the other thing that we did because this client does like group fitness classes, 
we went to a couple group fitness classes. I don't know if I've said it on this before. There, it's Les Mills. I can say that. Um, you can. So okay. Les, we haven't said Les before, Mills. So. Yeah. So Les Mills is the is the client. They they uh, have been around for actually a very long time. They have surprisingly long time. <laughs> pioneered these like various group fitness experiences like classes called like body combat which is like martial arts based there's um body pump and all of these other ones and they sell to gyms and you can get certified as an instructor and then you can teach les mills classes um but anyway they're like main for they're the first gym they ever started is right next to their office so we had to participate in some group fitness while we were there. Like we were not yeah. going to get out of, of that. So I did three group fitness classes. One was called ceremony, which yeah. was like a, um, a circuit training one. Basically there were yeah. like three different stations and at each station there was a cardio and a strength, uh, thing and you would rotate between them and then work your way across the three stations. Mm-hmm. I got totally, me and Alistair got totally boned because the station we started at, is the one yeah. where you would do like your like kind of bonus warm up sort of thing and your kind of final workout and it was burpees. You kidding uh. me, man? Burpees? Burpees are the worst. <laughs> there, there was a station that was like, oh, you're on the rowing machine and then you're doing like a like a lean back pull up sort of situation. Come on, burpees. <laughs> We neither one of us were in a in the condition to where we should be doing tons and tons of burpees. I felt it for couple, like four days afterward. Couple of burpee boys. Yeah, so many burpees. It. <laughs> it was actually it was a it was a good class, really hard. Um, and then the other ones we did, we did one called the trip, which is just it's a it's a spin class. So you're on a bike, and they have like cool. a huge kind of like sort of IMAX screen, and you're kind of. You're like cycling through San Francisco, but it very quickly becomes this like psychedelic, weird sort of experience, um, which was kind of, kind of neat. I mean, it was basically like a Zwift class, but um, it was still kind of, still kind of neat. And then the last one was body count, body combat, um, which is like one of their most famous uh, classes. And because um, the guy who we're working very closely with to stand up this internal coach program is one of the two kind of faces of body combat. So if you ever like see any advertisements for body combat online and stuff, you're probably going to see this very tattooed bearded guy uh, named Dan. Uh, so we wanted to go and support Dan. So we, he was teaching a class and we went and did that. Yeah. And holy cow. Am I not coordinated? Uh, yeah. Is that what you learned punch, for punching and capoeira and kicking? <laughs> and it was still fun though. Then we went to a steak dinner where you go and pick the steak that you're going to eat from uh, off of like a off a shelf. Like you that's pick nice. The one that you want to cook. I gotta say, I was prepared for you to say from the farm. You walk, like you walk that back there. Cow. That cow right there. He looked at me funny. <laughs> I want that one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it probably was kind of nice for you for you to do some. You know, you're training for for triathlons and such, and want to stay active. You know, in this two week gap. Yeah, to, like, for sure. I, I went for a couple of runs too, um, but yeah, it was cool to take some to take take some classes. I probably should have done more, but it's better than better than nothing. Yeah did did they seek you guys out, or was it you? You know, what I mean, like was we said he's kind of the face of of this project, or it was the one that was really one of the main ones that wanted to bring in the ready. Did it was oh, it no, something he, that they sought out, or did you guys? I mean, Dan was not really Dan was not part of bringing us into the, into oh, the company. Okay. I mean, you know, we responded to an RFP uh, requesting mm. a proposal for this project. I think 
they I don't remember how we became aware of the RFP or if they made us aware of it. The the folks who we work most closely with, I think, were somewhat aware of the ready prior to the RFP. Um, but we had to go through the process of like pitching and and all of that. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so we did two weeks there. A lot of really good food. New Zealand has great food. Like you can just tell there's more like thoughtfulness and care brought to basically every piece of food, whether it's expensive or cheap in the country. Yeah. Like this coffee shop we would go to had some of the most insanely good pastries that I've ever had. We went to this like kind of just regular kind of bar, um, like burger place. And I got a burger there and it tasted like, I mean this as a compliment. It tasted like it was like cooked in like Uncle Mark's backyard. Like, yeah. like the lettuce and the tomato. Like it was just, it was just so good. It was so good. And even like every place we went just had really, really good food. I'm sure that a lot of that has to come from it's expensive to bring food into this island. You know what I mean? Like you're not – I wonder how much of the stuff is actually being produced. I think a lot of it might by. be – I mean I think the, a lot of the meat is being produced right in – I mean I'm yeah. pretty sure New Zealand's largest export is like agricultural goods, which is yeah. why they are very um, sensitive to – bringing in parasites to the, yeah. the country like you have to really, they take that shit really seriously when you're coming in through customs. give you a shakedown they shake you down saying for parasites. basically well they make it very obvious like if you don't like if you don't claim that you have something and we find it you're we're gonna fine you to hell and back yeah you love bringing parasites with you to go places I just love, <laughs> your, love yes. bringing a parasite that's your checked bag parasite you bring those everywhere yep. <laughs> exactly um and then we flew back, flew back United, which was not nearly as nice, and I had no upgrade, so I was in back with the cattle, and that's the parasite, the parasitic free cattle. Yeah, and it makes it. There's some clean cows. It makes it. Uh, the, so the way that going there was nice because you could immediately fall asleep because it was night. Our flight out of Auckland left at like noon or like twelve thirty, yeah. so I was not ready to go to sleep. So I just spent most of that flight wide awake. Which is horrible. Yeah, and I watched a lot of movies. Got I watched two John Wick movies. Uh, read some stuff. Actually, that it all is actually kind of a blur. I don't really remember what exactly I did. I did yeah, eventually fall asleep yeah. a little bit, um, and we landed in San Francisco um, like at six. And though we landed at like five in the morning, five thirty in the morning, um, and just uh, again like the time zone like mind effery. We left yeah. Auckland. 12.30 on Saturday, landed in San Francisco, 5.30 a.m. on Saturday. So backwards in time. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, wild. And then the crappy thing about landing in San Francisco when you live in D.C. is that you now have a cross-country flight to do after that, which is, you know, five, five and a half hours. After yeah. it got delayed a couple of hours, I didn't leave San Francisco until well afternoon. Back in dc like 7 p.m or something or even it was probably later than that it was long it's a long day and like 26 27 hours of travel from door to door what's the what is the time difference between you and dc and in new zealand so in new zealand right now what like what is it like if you were to do uh 3 p.m eastern right now time is is something like messed up my mic on monday morning i fix it hold on yeah you okay. calendar okay. There you go. Uh, Some better. All right, I'm I'm back to Yeti now. Um, 
I have it set up in my calendar to always see their time uh, as well. Oh, interesting. So right now, <clears throat> 3 p.m. Yeah, 7 a.m. Uh, okay. on Monday for them. So they're yeah. just getting ready to start the. Does that mean yeah. are you working like a Sunday afternoon to Friday? Like, are you no, working like a weird? Not really. I mean, if I wanted to, I could probably engage more on Sunday afternoon as like their Monday, but I, I guess yeah. don't really, uh, which is fine. We've gotten kind of, we, we kind of stick to the Monday through Thursday for us. Yeah. Um, and then our Friday is their Saturday and I can focus on other non-client stuff then. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, so did it feel like all that effort though was worth it for the actual yeah. work you were able to do there? It was, it was definitely worth it. I mean, there's, I think it's it it can sound trite, but it's true. The like relationships you can build when you're with people in real life, getting meals together, getting a beer together, yeah. it it matters for how well the work goes. Uh, so I think I think it was definitely worth it. We got a shit ton of work done. It was um, I think the right move for the for the project. Have you ever had a client before where you don't ever get to meet them in person, where you do everything remote? Because I feel like from your past ones, I know you were always engaging to some level in person, face to face, whether that meant travel within the United States. But like, I don't know uh, if I've ever heard of you doing one that was entirely remote where you never get to touch base even once in person. When yeah, you, I mean, a lot yeah. of the DAO stuff that I was doing has been 100% remote. Um, but even yeah. during COVID, I was working with that main client from pre COVID. So I had. During COVID times, we were doing it 100% remote, but I had had spent some time with them in person yeah. prior to that. So, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a project that is that has been 100% remote the whole gotcha. time. Yeah. Does this seem like probably not going back anytime, at least during this current? No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if we were somehow to extend, which I don't think we will, um, there's the, the plan. That's not the plan right now. Maybe yeah. there would be the opportunity to go back again and, and do some stuff, um, but. You know, they have there are team members in the US. There's gonna be like a I think the the senior leadership team might be coming to LA at some point. So like there's maybe yeah. opportunities to meet up with people in real life that don't require going all the way back to New Zealand. Although I'd love gotcha. to go back and actually see more of the country because like I said, yeah. we never even really left Auckland. Yeah. You have to take Emily with you so you can see Hobbiton. Exactly. Exactly. Because we all know <laughs> if I went to Hobbiton without her, I'd be, be a dead man. right now. Yeah. yeah. I'd be doing this podcast with her. You would be. I yeah, assume. She'd, she'd, she'd carry on the podcast in my stead. Yep. So you're back. I'm back. Once you got back, anything exciting happened vis-a-vis work and or life when mm. we're back in the Oh, yeah. States? Emily defended her dissertation woo, woo, last woo. week. So she is now a doctor, which means she can fix Pretty all cool. my scrapes and bruises and stuff because mm-hmm. that's what doctors do. And uh, that's exciting. I mean, she's actually literally sitting behind me putting the finishing yeah. touches on her dissertation because there were a few edits she had to make. So once yeah. that's actually gone, then it will truly, truly be a does, new era. Is, does she remind you pretty often that she's a doctor now? Because no, I would not try. Pretty good. She's been pretty good about that. She has not once I, told me to call her doctor. Or corrected you. He said, actually, it's doctor. It's actually doctor. It's doctor <laughs> Emily. Maybe that's coming <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Very nice. That's exciting. That's a huge uh, weight off the back. 
Yeah, yeah. For I mean, more sure. for maybe, her than you, but you know, as a couple. <laughs> maybe, maybe at some point we should bring her on the podcast and she can talk about the experience of getting a a, a PhD, yeah. especially since work. <gasps> she's got so excited. <laughs> I see the turnaround. Just uh, and I think you know because in juxtaposition of we've talked a little bit about how you were getting one at the time That's as true. well. That's true. Because we're both in it in the program at the same time. And, uh, and you know what? She completed it. She followed it all the way through. Not saying you're a quitter, Sam. Uh-huh. I'm just saying it might but, be interesting to hear yeah. the perspective of those that finish. Um, that's, that's true. I mean, so, uh, well, yeah. Cool. All right. And then I guess the last thing, I'm going to Sweden on Wednesday, but we can talk more about that, I guess, when I come back and see how it goes. So I need to write I hate you. my talk right now <laughs> after we finish here because I still don't know exactly what I'm going to talk about. But, I mean, I've got yeah. – I've got it maybe 60% figured out because I'm going to use pre-existing material. But part of all the reading I've been doing is figuring out, like, what's the angle that I can take that is most relevant to a bunch of video game people. Yeah. You didn't say how – what specifically this conference is and or how did you get involved with it or did they decide they wanted you guys to come give us talk – no, I got to know one of the organizers through, I think, some of the DAO work that, that mm-hmm. I was doing. Um, and uh, he invited me to to come talk when I – I think I had put something on Twitter about looking for opportunities to come give talks. So we got connected through through that. And I'd say uh, it was called the Gotland um, Gaming Conference. Gotland Gaming Conference? Gotland something. University? Oh. Isn't it university or not? Yeah, it's a it's – a, so basically it's a – University in Sweden that um, is has a video game program, um, and as part of my understanding is that part of that program is there is um, kind of a showcase of student projects at this conference. So it's partially showcase and competition around these games that these students have been creating, and then also there's a conference kind of track to it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go and speak about organization design because ostensibly these students are going to either go off and start studios or join studios or do something in the video game world. And there's uh, interesting org design stuff to yeah. for them to know and to be thinking about as they go out and either join or start uh, their own. That'd be a pretty cool potential one day client, huh? To work for, to come in for a video game developer or firm or someone and do one day client. Give me, give me six months with one, man. Like they, have, yeah. they're pretty messed up. Uh, a lot. I mean, the video game industry in general has some like very yes interesting and messed up dynamics in it, ranging from like you know, sexual harassment, gender diversity stuff, but also. Work life balance, uh, work life balance crunch. Um, yeah, the intellectual the, the, property, like the tension between yeah. like commerce and art, and like how that influences the creation of stuff. Like, there's really interesting things. And plus, one of the big case studies that Aaron talks about in Brave New Work and is just really well known in self management is Valve, uh, which mm-hmm. they do a lot of really interesting stuff around new ways of organizing, and they're massively successful. More so for Steam than for games recently, at least, but still very relevant yeah. to that industry, obviously. Well, maybe you'll maybe you'll spin up some relationship from the speaking at this conference. That I hope uh, so. I'm lining up as thing. many I'm lining up as many conversations with various people as possible to start building relationships, yeah. and you know that's the type of thing where yeah. if it doesn't turn into something immediately. You start to have these friendships, these connections that could turn into something down the road. So that's that's the idea. 
but also just yeah, going with, to Sweden and, and getting to give a talk is going to be cool as hell. Yeah. Do you, I mean, without speaking out of turn or anything, do you know, like, is this a thing where there are like video game developer company, like larger companies that come to this to whether that's to just like kind of no. see the, a crop of future game designers or is it more of a pretty localized thing? My understanding is tell? that it's it, that there's both kind of yeah. um, audiences there um, because I, I would presume you have a bunch of graduating people with these skills. You've got organizations coming to check them out and, and recruit and things like that. So I'm hoping it's not 100% um, like freshly graduating students yeah. just because those are not the people who hire consulting companies, um, but yeah. they are the people who hire consulting companies in like 10 years. So yeah. got to plant those seeds early, Max. I don't know if you know anything about seeds, um, but if you plant actually, them early, later yeah. on, they turn into fruit and vegetables. They turn into or future consulting projects. For, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> future consulting yeah. projects. Same thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like you couldn't, that's, that's awesome. I'm very jealous. I feel like you couldn't have found a cooler, like, mixture of like you love video games and our family loves video games and um not that you're gonna get to go watch a bunch of hockey or anything it's a scandinavian country which i feel like for some of us is a place where many of us would want to travel and or just like is very adjacent to our life um so that's pretty sweet i know it's a short trip but yeah well i've been fortunate you know to travel quite a bit but i've never been to a scandinavian country um and as i'm saying that i don't know if sweden is technically scandinavian there's some sort it. of I like, it was, is it? I thought they, I is think it one them, of those things where a Norway, Swedish person Finland is going to be like, no, we're not. Oh, you think they're listening right now? Maybe they're always listening. Oh, we're we could be we could be turning away all of our Swedish listeners. Yeah. Maybe. Are you gonna? Should we make some merch for you to wear while you present that maybe says Fields of Work, <laughs> something that just people know? Yeah, I should definitely <laughs> advertise Fields of Work while I'm there and not my actual job at the ready. You're you're fine. Your company's great. They don't. You know who needs it? Fields of Work. <laughs> what would we gain well listeners you think advertisers i, don't know. I have no i we could have two i have no idea people ask me all the time like do people listen to your podcast and yeah. i tell them i have no idea I know, I know of like Five. maybe three people specifically yeah that aren't family yeah okay yeah because we have family stuff whatever yeah, yeah i don't well, maybe think- you know what we haven't done in a long time Ad hoc advertisement. Let's show <laughs> the, the, the Swedish people at the conference what they're missing out on. Advertise something real quick. 15-minute spot or 15-second spot. 15 minutes. Yeah, let's, let's, let's settle in here. Um, I'm going to advertise uh, in this incredible friendship bracelet that was made by uh, my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Uh, Kira crafted this uh, bracelet for me. It says, veg is life. I'm a farmer. Nice. It's, you know, um, it's a nice little reminder every day. It's cute. It's you know, cool. Sam. I can make you one if you want. I don't know what you want that to say. Consulting is life. No, I want mine to also uh, say veg is life. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll get I'll get one made and sent to you uh, in a care package. You know, does she sell them? No, it's not much of an ad spot for a product you can never get your hands on. Yeah. More of a shout out for cool. uh, making cool things. So, yeah. what about you? What do you cool want to sell with there? your hands? Uh, I'm just gonna Still look around water. my desk. I've got index cards. Oh, yeah. Little, little white rectangles. <laughs> in the advertising. Thick, index thick paper. Cards, man. They're, they're <laughs> pretty great. You can write all sorts of stuff on them. One side, blank, like my mind. Other side, uh, lines. Nice. Depending do on you whatever think... you want to do, you can you got, got you totally covered. Index cards. Fit in your uh, pocket real good, too. 
Nice. I think I've just been hearing index cards are falling on hard times and they've really started taking ad spots out. <laughs> people are using them as much as they used to. I think these so are specifically the Amazon basic uh, index cards, which he doesn't need our money, Sam. Mr. Amazon doesn't need any foot traffic coming from the field to work podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we would take some of his money. Yeah. All right. Well, Max, I think we said we wanted to try to finish by 3.15 so we could watch hockey, and it's 3.17 yeah. right now. And also, yeah, I've been like, talking the whole time. Do you want to give us the like highlights of what's been going on the past couple of weeks? Yeah. How those plants just, doing? Yeah, plants are good. You know, it's officially feels like spring uh, weather around here. We did have a, a frost last week, which kind of like put things a little bit in a scary territory. But, um, you know, we're cruising right along, I would say – two-thirds-ish of the farm is planted and we're finally getting harvest out of some field crops which is exciting for me to like see some things that i have put in the ground uh become you know things that we're actually harvesting i think we had talked a little bit about what my roles were you know we um there's two other like field slash production managers who i'm working hand in hand with at the management level and we had kind of all been slowly kind of slipping into these different uh, avenues of, of our specialty. And I think I'd mentioned that mine was direct seeding, which is like all of our, any crop we don't transplant, we don't start in a greenhouse, um, which is like salad, greens, carrots, beets, radishes, things like that. Um, Cause there's too many of them to transplant by hand. It wouldn't make sense. So I'm in charge of that kind of stuff. And then oh, yeah, you were having some, cause you were wondering about how, how's the planting going? Have, are your plants sprouting? Are they coming up? They are, are you all up? of them. I think we had just done a seeding at the, time that was a little bit like hey this might have been too soon it was like april 5th it was like the first seeding we did first one i was in charge of and they were coming up pretty uh pretty rough and in terms of consistency wise it was like you know this stuff was huge this stuff was small it was a lot of issues and i think we had chalked it up more to temperature changes it went from 32 degrees to 80 to you know it was back and forth so not so not that. your planting specifically yeah, I don't think it was anything I did specifically, which, um, you know, of course I would say that. But then luckily there's a lot of other plantings around the farm that I've now been a part of, uh, direct seeding, and, and they are all coming up great. So um, there haven't been any two, very many like failures or anything of direct seeding, which is a good feeling because it does like it feels a bit like a lot of pressure where, you know, you could seed four beds and if something went wrong or I did something wrong, they don't come up in any way. You know, that's a, a big negative for the farm as a whole. Um, who relies upon that, you know, seeding that's supposed to happen, but haven't had any of those issues really. Um, definitely enjoying that role. I like that. I'm kind of, you know, it's important, but it's also like solo independent work, um, which I like. And then the other thing that I was in charge of, which at the time was as important because it wasn't hot yet or much of the farm wasn't planted was irrigation. Um, now that things are moving along and honestly it rained yesterday for the first time in probably 14 days. Um, which is not how spring usually goes around here. So um, irrigation has like taken up a lot of my time, which is um, all automated pretty much, you know, automated with a lot of my effort put in. Like it's not all done from a computer, but it's a lot of uh, figuring out, you know, what needs to be running at what times of day um, and what will have good pressure. You know, there's a finite amount of sprinkler lines that can run at a time before you get a, a negative effect on how much water is coming out because you're, you have too much open and kind of taking all of that information. And every week I sit down with a giant spreadsheet and like a lot time slots to all of these different you're fields. Like a plumber. You're like a farm plumber. I'm a, I'm a farm plumber. Who's also doing a lot of like, who's also like an, I don't know. 
it feels like those like those video games where I'm about to say, it like sounds this. like a video game. Yeah, it's like an allotment. You know, it's a style of game. Like that's what you know, like infinite paperclips, things like that, where you are trying to allot your resources to things. Yeah, it's that. You know, I have this much gallons per minute. I need to water these many fields, and you need to kind of line things up where it makes sense. So, yeah, um, I've been doing a lot of that. Are you good at those types of games? Yeah, games? I think I'm pretty good at them, and I really right. enjoy like. You know, I go around the farm and inventory, like, because it's ever changing too, right? So new fields come Dude, into real planting. quick, real quick. Do you ever play yeah. Wilmot's Warehouse on your phone? No. It's called Wilmot? W-I-L-M-O-T. Wilmot, Wilmot's Warehouse or Wilmo's Warehouse. It's, okay. you're basically organizing packages in a warehouse and they have like different patterns and stuff and you've got to like, just like make them all fit. It's real good. I think, I think, it, I think it'll stroke the part of your brain that it strokes for me. Yeah, I think yeah. you really into it. You check it's it out. part of the it's part of the brain that also for me really enjoys UPS. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it so might feel a little I, bit too much like work. You are Wilmo, basically. Max is that's warehouse. fine. I I also played farming games. You know, like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, I have been in charge of all that, and it's an ever changing thing because you know a field might have two sprinkler lines in it one week, but the next week we plant the rest of the field. Now it's nine lines, you know, and I'm, I'm not only installing all that irrigation, but then taking that information and going back to the spreadsheet and having to change these programs. And basically every field has a little module that you can program something into. The programs are super rudimentary. All you're saying is what days you want it to run, what time you want to turn on, how long do you want to run for and which valves each one can control up to six valves. So you have this like, you know, little system around the farm and you're slowly kind of editing it and i like it because it did, it did feel like a video game it was like it kind of eased me into it as we just started planting and now almost all the farm has the valves set up and i have something running in every field and then like the next level was like now there's more lines and rechange the whole program and the newest level that was added last week was the water it'd be great if the water wasn't on while the harvest team is in a field harvesting so then i took all of the fields that i know the harvest team will be in currently next week harvesting you know, radishes, greens, whatever. And they harvest usually from between 8 a.m. and noon in the mornings. So I had to shift if any of those were being watered that time to the afternoon, replace them with something else into the morning and just like rearrange the whole programs again so that they're not being watered on while they're trying to work. And uh, it's been fun. It's been like, you know, there's been some mistakes. There's been some stuff that's like being weird or fickle or program something wrong where it doesn't kick on. Um, but, it, you know, it can be high stakes if it was like 90 degrees and things aren't getting water when they need to, to stay alive. But, um, it's been a fun, like kind of, I don't know, brain puzzle to continue when a lot of farming is like manual labor of picking stuff yeah. up and moving things like to have this task every week where I sit down and like redesign a really basic program to water the field. So, um, yeah, it's been good. I think, you know, we've, we've found like a rhythm as a farm crew management crew, um, Things are, I think we're slipping into a bit of like a, you know, I talked about all the meetings we were having before and and now we're kind of like in the thick of it. You know, these meetings are happening less often and it's a lot more of like impromptu, like passing each other and being like, this thing needs to be taken care of. We all have walkie talkies on the farm, which is fun. Cool. Uh, a, lot of walkie, a lot of cool walkie talkies going on. You guys use like code net words. Do you have a code name? Um, for for a while, what was my code name for a while? We haven't, we don't use them very uh, often, but everyone keeps joking about like trying to come up with ones for each other. For my, I used there's a lot of context for this. Essentially, there's checking questions we do every day, like we do on the podcast. Yeah. One day I did two checking questions. It was my turn, 
And I said, you know, I want to know people's hobbies, which was like a serious question. Like, what's your hobby? Like, what do you do in your free time? But then I also took, which I felt like was a great checking question, which is what kind of kind of pasta would you be? And so that was the two yeah. questions combined. And I had mentioned that for, I guess for me, I chose rigatoni as my pasta. I like a big tube, you know, like a big tube pasta. <laughs> and then Sean took to start calling me big tube when he called me over the, the, the walkie talkie. So That's I don't know if it'll nickname. stick all summer, but I'm currently big yeah. tube. Um, <laughs> but there's just been a lot of like, you know, it feels like there's that trust in, and there's so I mean, much going a on. Is a really big tube? A rigatoni is kind of a small tube. Rigatoni is a smaller tube. Masticholi, yeah, you could fit your whole your whole index finger in there. Yeah. A rigatoni, I think, is going to be a tight fit. Yeah. <laughs> this is and weird. This is. Uh, back to farming. And, you know, it just feels like now that there's so many moving parts and the farm is operating on all cylinders, which is to say, you know, from seed starting to production to harvest to fulfillment – all those things are finally occurring. So we're kind of all getting to do the thing that we're meant to manage. Um, right. It's kind of becoming more of like a you know, very beautiful, like symphony at times of like this crew is over here doing this thing at the same time they're harvesting. And this is being taken care of and a farm tour is going on because this person's in charge of that. Um, and we finally have a full crew. We have our, we've hired out our entire seasonal crew. And so I think like next week will be the first week of feeling like all these people are here and we're just going um, we're starting to go to farmers markets and things like that. So there'll be a lot of updates as all that stuff continues to kind of ebb and flow. But um, production wise, we're, we're very much in like in the thick of it and, you know, doing a lot of our big plantings, potatoes go in next week. That's a big nice. 20 beds of potatoes go in. And after that, all the winter squash goes in things like that. So um, we're knocking off all these big, big plantings. And uh, I think soon we'll kind of be more of maintaining what we've put in the ground, but yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's been really fun to be a part of, and it seems like all that work we put in in those months of like March when things weren't really happening much has paid off to making things flow a lot better now that we're kind of in the season. So um, it felt like cool. meetings that were like well utilized, which you would appreciate, Sam. They were well utilized meetings. I do love a good um, meeting. And now they're only, you know, I I don't know what this. We've told me about the types of meeting before. Now we have like a standing every Thursday manager meeting that is slowly nice. becoming like a very efficient, like everyone presents on their part of the farm. And it's where you, you do like, essentially we do service requests for next week. Like if you know, like, Hey, we have a giant project and we need more people. I would like a service request of like, I need extra people for this thing that happens at that Thursday meeting. And our nice. HR, HR person kind of, she builds the schedule for the next week and a lot of people where they're supposed to be. And, um, it's been like, you know, kind of cool to see all that flow. So, we're still meeting and still meetings happening a couple times a week, but they're usually with very, very clear goals in mind because there's plenty of farming to be doing. Um, but I've never been on a farm that even had that, you know, like I've never yeah. been on a farm that did weekly, wasn't big enough to justify a weekly check-in like that. And, you know, you could have had meetings is, with so. yourself last year. Yeah. And at times I felt like I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. There you go. All right. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cool. Well, sounds like things are going well. Yeah, we can do. Uh, you know, once you stop doing cool, exciting international things, we can we can go Never more nitty gritty farming. Gonna stop doing cool international things. I don't currently have much schedule. I mean, not nothing work wise after the Sweden trip. I'm gonna go to cool. the Cape for vacation and stuff, but not yeah, it won't be fun to talk about. You know, what are we gonna talk about with that? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go swimming in the Cape with the sharks. Going you hate on the sharks. Rides. You're terrified of the sharks. We've gone over this. I hate. I do hate the sharks. Yeah. You don't spend a lot of time in the ocean when you're in the Cape, usually. 
I spend some time in the ocean, but in <laughs> this sorry. like in this like bay where people have con- convinced themselves and me that there aren't sharks. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll save but that. Sometimes there's seals in there, and I have seen some newspaper clippings of people being like, "Oh, I saw this shark in Lewis Bay. Isn't that crazy?" So, nice. so are you sure? I'm sorry. Is it a good thing that there's seals or no? Well, if there are seals, then you think there'd be sharks, right? Okay, I thought maybe you were thinking like you you want to swim with the seals. Like it's I kayak with the seals. They're much yeah. bigger than you'd think. Yeah, and louder and scarier. So you sound like you were scared of the seals. Also. I was scared of the seals. This one kept your like was yeah. like following me. It would like go under the water and then it would pop up and just breathe real heavy at me, and I would yeah. paddle away and then it would like get close to me again and like look at me. I didn't like it. Yeah. It, it saw a weakness in you. It did. And it knew. It <laughs> that, knew. that weakness. Yep. Well, we'll say that right, dude. for uh, Fields of Work Summer Edition. That's right. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, man. Bye. Bye.